Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save 25 bucks. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care Centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831.20. From all your friends at Podcast One, thank you for a wonderful 2018, and we hope 2019 is even better. Hey, it's Adam Carolla. This is Heather Dubrow from Heather Dubrow's World. Hey, it's Steve Offs from the Steve Offs Show. Hey, this is Rob Riggle. And Sarah Tiana from Riggle's Picks. This is Caitlin Bristow from Off the Vine. Hey, this is Kelsey from The Lady Gang. Happy New Year from Podcast One. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. Stay little chico, pit bull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Just how much money has Aquaman made? What does 2019 look like? And how incredible is Runaway Season 2? We're going to talk to two of the cast members and dive into all that today on Collider Heroes, our very first show of the year. It's 2019, and it's going to be absolutely bonkers. Are you guys ready for another incredible year of comic movies and TV? I am so hype, 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 hype. Yes, sir. Thank you guys for having me back. Thank you, Roka, for letting me join. Yeah, man. First episode of the year. I'm pretty excited. Yeah, man. 2019 is going to be extremely lit. I hate using that word but it, it works it works i love it what are the kids what are the kids today? talking about was it it's january 2nd amy couldn't yeah be here amy today. could not no so no collider heroes is going to be john roca dorian parks and myself talking all of the craziness of this year now what's crazy to me is i've got one of the biggest aquaman fans of the year yeah and one of the biggest aquaman commentators of the year and i think we're gonna be talking about all the money aquaman has made that's that's our lead story because yeah. it is doing better than i think anyone had really anticipated people knew it would do well. People knew it was a good reboot. Now, wait a second. For the record, I <laughs> yeah, did say did, yeah. on Movie Talk that it would make $200 million its opening weekend. I just didn't say worldwide or domestic. So there you go. That's true. So, That's I mean, you know, come at me for my feelings about the movie, <laughs> but you can't deny how much it's making. My God. Yeah, we got lawyered into that, that, yeah, that, that we, caveat. Yeah, right. $200 million is totally a thing. Now, I think this is a great opportunity for the DC Universe going forward. I think it shows the, the kind of movie we want. Like, yeah. you vote with your wallets, and the more money it makes, the more chances we are for the DC Universe to go in this direction. Do you think this is a wise thing for DC to listen to? Oh, with? yeah, for sure. They're killing, like, this movie domestically worldwide is killing it now, and I think it's 
it, it's kind of how we that that venom effect was like we we knew it was going to do good but we didn't think it was going to do this good mm-hmm. especially so early on and so just to see like the numbers so far there 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 was already talks about early development for Aquaman too so I definitely see them green lighting that and getting thing, getting the wheels started on that as well as exploring different other solo projects like because who knew like Aquaman himself who knew Aquaman would be bringing in this much this much money so it's like they don't it, they're showing that we don't necessarily need a Batman we don't need a Superman to 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 do all these solo movies we can explore different other heroes so I'm mm-hmm. I'm definitely excited to see where they do next maybe we get a oh we already know we're getting a background movie but i'm excited to see what other potential movies they would be down to explore in this in this future of the of the franchise yeah it definitely because in my mind this felt like a a phase one marvel movie like they've laid the groundwork so mm-hmm. now they have that they have the fundamentals now they can just branch off and do whatever they want because i know recently jeff johns even said he'd be interested in doing a, a black manta movie so mm-hmm. you never know what they can do now yeah it's interesting because you, you you know whatever your feelings are about the movie both positive or negative you can't deny the box office of this movie and that's really what's important and this isn't like like uh, a suicide squad where this was universally disliked by the critics and still <laughs> made 700 some million dollars there's a lot of people that like this movie and are vocal about it on twitter people in our sphere <laughs> people who are fans people who are in the business rather i'm looking at the wrong cameras and learning it's a new day a new year so all this kind of stuff. so you see all that happening and so you're just like well okay this makes sense like what 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 is the impetus here to go forward what are you going to do with this now in essence newfound dceu power you know you have Shazam just right around the corner. Uh, you've got all these other movies come out. Joker coming out next mm-hmm. year. Not obviously not part of the storyline, but now it gives you a little bit of like through the break. You have a little bit of feeling like okay, maybe maybe they haven't figured it out a hundred percent. But this is certainly a good step forward for DC and the movies and WB and what they're going to do. So if they're going to spin off stuff, now is the time yeah. to take advantage of the spin off. And a sequel makes the most sense. And what are you going to do with this now? Does does Orm now take a back seat? Do you focus on Manta? Do oh, you yeah. focus on other? Uh, uh, villains that could step into this mm-hmm. situation with Aquaman. So there's a lot of possibilities all around. Because now, now he's the king of Atlantis. What is the uh, uh, what is the uh, um, pressures on him to be king and be part of this DCU larger story? So we'll see. And that's what excites me is we've got this origin story in Aquaman one that was already we'd already established Aquaman, but mm-hmm. this was his origin. We'd already mm-hmm. met Aquaman, but they learned to go. We will want to learn more. We want to see this this almost like underdog story of this guy yeah. that you know no one counted on now this only dropped 23.5 percent that is insane if you don't know box office figures usually films drop off upwards of 40 percent if they're good Mm. upwards of 60 percent if they're bad 23.5 percent is almost unheard of especially in a movie that had such a large opening weekend which means basically the word of mouth in this film kept it afloat uh, and i think that it's really interesting that a movie that's so polarizing is so beloved by everyone but critics and that's what's really tricky about this critical analysis this rotten tomatoes culture Mm -hmm. is the box office figure show where the money is where the votes are this and venom are really telling because people didn't listen to critics people didn't listen to rotten tomatoes they listened to their friends they listened to people that had seen the movie because of how low the drop-off was to me this is a really good indicator that there is hope for fandom without this critical analysis movies can be fun and mm-hmm. not necessarily oscar films this gives me a lot of hope and, and to your point like i i saw i, I since i'm mm-hmm. social media i see a lot online like i do see sometimes people like oh the critics are just they're out to to mm-hmm. hate the movies and to try to really sabotage these but from being on the being on behind the scenes now i can honestly tell you guys like their 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 goal like our goal is not to try to to make these movies like shit mm-hmm. on these movies or anything yeah, like, no, but not, we're all we're all fans of these franchises so if, if somebody has a personal opinion that that you might not necessarily agree with they're, they're not trying to just like oh fuck it it's it's dc it's a dc property we're trying to destroy it no it's like they're just giving their opinion they're on they want these movies to succeed so it's not like they're trying to fight against the the the, the, the general audience or the fandom who, who are the over under on uh, uh five minutes for the first f-bomb from dorian you are the winner you are the there's winner. the winner there you're the winner right there and five comment minutes. on youtube That's for your prize there it is uh, you get an aquaman blu-ray coming to you no uh, this i think what you say is a very good point and i think that's the thing too it's i'm it's dangerous to go with this whole idea of, oh, critics versus... I understand the narrative, but I think it's also a dangerous narrative because criticism is what introduced all of us to loving film. I'm looking at a film. Why do I love this film? I need to understand why I love this film. Let me read a critic's perception of the film. Mm-hmm. That gives me an idea of how to look at film. It doesn't mean I have to agree with the critic, male or female. It's a matter of, like, do I feel this way about the movie? Why do I like this movie? Or why do I not like this movie? Let me find the criticism that helps me find my words. And when you're young, I'm not talking now. I mean, when you're young, you know, and I think that's important to understand. And this destruction of criticism, uh, it seems unnecessary because criticism is what uh, 
fuels your desire to like a film. When you're talking to your friends about why you like a film, guess what? You're being a critic. And that's in that moment, yeah. you're like, I love this storyline because of how this, this was presented. But it gives you like how to look at a film. So that's really important. So this idea of fans versus critics, I think it's a dangerous thing all around. If we all come together with, how do you explain everyone coming together for Infinity War loved it so much? Yeah. That was fans and critics in unison. So you're going to have division. That's okay. It doesn't mean you have to create anger within that division. I think, you know, Venom and Aquaman certainly proved that. There have been other films in the past that were like roundly bashed but still made a lot of money. And so that happens every once in a while. I wonder if this is a sea change in a way <laughs> for superhero films are, because you look at the numbers, right? It was 25, 25 and under made a majority of the a majority of the audience came to see this movie over and over again and women yeah. led the way uh, on both sides uh, of going to see this movie of, being, of, of making up the general audience that went to see this movie so this is an interesting appeal this is a, a film that should be studied and analyzed with how it was received and why people spent so much money on uh, uh, going to see this film and if it does cross a billion then we have another conversation about it and does DCEU need to make films like a majority of the Marvel films that are beloved by critics mm-hmm. and also beloved loved by fans or do they can they be the anomaly that exists consistently understanding what their fan base is and making money off that and and having their films just be in essence critic proof that's certainly a possibility no i like what you said about fans versus critics i don't mean to like cause that riff that's the last Mm. thing i'm intending i'm all i'm commenting on is that twitter and word of mouth is a new wave like we're experiencing we're experiencing a new type of commentary on film where there's more voices to be heard than just the 30 guys in the newspaper that are you know old man yells at cloud there's a different voice and and I really like that we have an opportunity for films to make money in a different way and to have a different word of mouth. We're looking at $751 million in 10 days. It is already the 11th most profitable DC film in 10 days. Yeah. And that's an incredible statement. So I'm excited to see where movies go because I do think critics are very important because if – Everything just gets made and makes money. There's no way to say what's good or bad. Exactly. And I think that's really important to filmmaking, especially comic book filmmaking, because, frankly, there's a lot of bad comics. If you start adapting bad things, we will lose this amazing golden Mm -hmm. age of comic books. So I think this is an interesting experiment. I do think we'll look back at Aquaman as like, that's when things changed. And I do think that $751 million is a course correction for Warner Brothers and the Mm -hmm. way the DC Universe goes. And in the the future of the franchise, uh, you were were talking Mm -hmm. about where they go from here. Jeff Jeff Johns also said like he would love for the... For he wants to see more Black Manta in the sequels, but he would also love to to uh, see the Scavenger yeah. be part of the, oh, be yeah. part of the, the the movie franchise, and maybe uh, Black Manta and the, and the Scavenger. It's Dude, Black Manta was so good. Yeah, I, I love that character, man. And that, that, that suit, fight. that suit, bro. All right. Yeah, his his fall from grace, the moment in Italy, just that that shot is one of my favorites in the film. Now this year, 2019 has so much coming out. We kind of wanted to just play around with the amount of content that's coming out. This is not an uh, exclusive list. This is not everything that's coming out it is just pieces of things this year on dc tv alone we've got doom patrol swamp thing star girl we theoretically get pennyworth on another network i haven't heard anything about that in a while we've got Watchmen coming out we've got batwoman we've got the boys we've got why the last man all in various stages of production i don't know if why the last man will hit this year but going into production this year in movies we've got shazam we've got the joker marvel's got runaway season two which we'll talk about obviously it's it's right at the end of the year i'm gonna count it as 2019 Mm -hmm. right on the cusp uh we've got the female focused alan Heinberg show, which we don't know a lot about. We've got the Loki, Scarlet Witch, Bucky and Falcon mega trifecta for Disney Plus. And then in movies, we've obviously got Captain Marvel very soon, Avengers Endgame, Spider-Man Far From Home, Dark Phoenix, New Mutants, and Men in Black International just this year. Hmm. Whoa. This yeah. is going to be a stacked year for Collider Heroes. You, I mean, you also forgot one thing. I'm not going to... You, you know what I'm going to say. What, what you got? Are you talking about Deadly Class? No. And, uh, and what do you got? Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Fam. Oh, that show Agents oh, of S.H.I.E.L.D. Boy. I heard about this Here Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Wait a second. Dorian's on the show, so let's lead off with yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm most excited for it. We got season six of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. My, my, the team is returning. We got Fitz. We got Daisy. We got Agent May. I don't know if Phil Coulson's going to be around because he's going to be in Captain Marvel. I don't know I don't know if the, what the timeline's going to work out with that, but Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is returning for its six season all five seasons are on netflix so make sure to go check it out i always got to give a little plug real quick because it, is, it really is a fantastic show and we're going to talk about it a little later but i really hope they find a way to to in, to integrate it with the the dc the d i mean not dc the disney streaming service so they can try to kind of interact that's how you introduce them into the the bigger scheme of the world is like slip them through the streaming service and, and then fans will know like oh okay if they're not watching ancient silt they can still get to know these know these characters outside of the show so when they do pop up in the movies if they 
they ever do, you already know you already know what they're about. So that's my little pitch for getting them in the movies. I mean, these but, are literally movies I just wrote down that I'm excited for. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not making the shield bandwagon. I apologize, good. but these mm-hmm. are just literally. This isn't a note on my phone that I'm excited about. So this year is that much that we're just casually aware of. What, what's on your uh, docket? Well, I think Punisher coming back. I know I got a lot of crap from fans on Twitter, like, oh, it's going to get canceled. Yeah, I know it's going to get canceled. <laughs> I'm still excited for it coming back to get a season two of it because I'm I'm happy for that. Young Justice, of course, popping up as well is really exciting for me. Got into him on Netflix. Uh, you know, a long time ago, Yuri Lowenthal and I hosted a podcast where we talked to people about, you know, in the world of animation and voiceover, and it was fun to walk into Young Justice. We had Greg Weissman on the show three times to talk about all his projects, and I got into it from that. And Yuri, of course, being a voice of some of the characters on the show uh, when he comes in his record. That's all great stuff to get to walk into this and all the things you listed. It's just a, it's, it's an exciting time now. Uh, and there's almost, and I can't believe I'm saying this, <laughs> there's almost too much in 2019. Like, I'm just, I try so hard to catch up, but I'm also doing sports and doing other things here on Collider. So it's really hard. And all this other stuff is like what you've wanted since you were 10 years old. Yeah. Even, in, even in my day, when, what you wanted to see. And to see it all happening is really incredible. And to see it happening from uh, incredibly talented and, and smart uh, uh, makers of TV shows and films and what have you. To have this genre really attracting some of the best and the cream of the crop out there is really exciting. And you're getting so many different perspectives. Uh, my friend Brian Leonard over, the, over at Freeform, uh, he won't say anything to me about Cloak and Dagger or anything. Like, he's talking about all... But he won't say anything to me because he's like, anything I say could filter out and it could be... Because <laughs> we, we, they all want to protect their stuff so much because they know that the fan base is so hungry for it. They want to limit that exposure to it so people can get on board and get excited about it. And the fact that they have so many projects... and th- In the past, you could have gotten superhero news from anybody. Now, yeah. everybody's really, like, protective of it. And that tells you about how much they appreciate and respect those properties. And that's a great thing. I totally agree. It's, it's seen as, as important as anything else now. It's seen as not a comic show. It's a show. Mm-hmm. And I really like that we've come to that point in society where we're not pigeonholing certain content as being genre content. It's just a show we need to keep precious. Yeah. And all of these shows from all of these networks have really upped the bar because there's a competition. There's not a monopoly. So there's there's the object of, I want to be higher in ratings. I want my movie to do better. And that's like the free market needs competition. So I'm really excited as someone that has been worried about the Fox Marvel acquisition that there's so much diversity of content so everyone wants to keep up with the other. One of my most anticipated this year is Joker, mainly oh, yeah. because of the type of film it is. Because it's from a major studio, but it's a smaller budget. Because it's a DC film, but that 70s Scorsese style. A lot of these properties coming out, you can at least get a feel for what they're going to be. We don't know a lot about Captain Marvel's shape because of the trailers. We know a lot about Captain Marvel because of Endgame coming next. Right. Spider-Man Far From Home coming next. Mm-hmm. We don't know anything about the Joker. We know nothing about this Elseworld. They can do anything they want. To me, that's more exciting than something as part of a universe because it's so variable. So I'm really excited for that. I'm also really curious about the Disney Plus app and what Loki means in that universe. What the Scarlet Witch show is. What these new formats will bring because they've talked a lot about how they're important to the MCU. We'll talk about more of that in Minor Mutations. But there's a lot coming that's going to completely restructure how we perceive superhero narratives. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's impossibly exciting. Oh, and um, we can talk about it now because the embargo's lifted, but I've, I've watched the first few episodes of Young Justice, and I gotta say, like, it is worth, it's worth the, the six-year wait. They they brought it to an, it feels familiar enough to the old seasons mm-hmm. to where it's like, you, you're familiar with these characters, but in a refreshing new way that I've never seen yeah. anima- anima- superhero animations told before, so it's just, it's so good. You, you guys are gonna love it, especially if you, if you have watched the other seasons, and a couple people asked me online, like, do I need to go back and watch the, the previous seasons to, to watch the season and not necessarily but I, w- I would recommend you you go, back, you go back and watch the first two seasons just because you, you the character development for those characters the, the story arcs for those characters that that it really does pay off in, in this new season like you get to see new leadership roles new relationships that were teased in in the previous seasons like all of that comes to fruition in this season so definitely go see the, the first two seasons and then and then watch this upcoming season I think they're going to be releasing the episodes uh, three episodes each week um, starting this week on Fantastic. Friday. So it's fire. Definitely now, check that out. I also think that we're going to get some surprises, obviously, with Endgame because we don't know anything about right. it. That's going to mm-hmm. be huge. I think this might be the end of Marvel as we know it if they you know, keep the stakes as high. What do you guys think about this being, it's actually 2019 now. And this is, I think, the year we know the least about the stuff coming out, like you talked about. Yep. This is the most predictive we've ever been without actually having fact because yep. they've restructured how they keep the trailers. They've restructured how much we get leaked 
we don't know what Wonder Woman 84 is, and that's coming out 2020. That's coming out next year, mm. and we've seen nothing. Yeah. I mean, I think this is a great time to be a comic fan like it was in the 90s because we were kind of trying to appreciate everything because so we got like two movies a year. Mm-hmm. Now we're getting so much content, everything's a secret because of competition. It almost feels like it used to, where everything feels more precious and more important. Well, it's ironic. We've never been more, uh, had more ability to get information and had less information yeah. about right. these things. And that's like, I liken it back to when you were reading comics back in the 80s or early 90s like you'd hear a certain thing might be happening with this uh, comic and this character and you know this oh they, are they really going to kill Superman is the death of is that really going to happen and it became a big deal like rumors oh is it going to is it not going to happen and they would let little tidbits out in interviews you know and even back then they understood if you love this how, this property this franchise how you go about having these big moments happen and, and, and rile up the fan base to get excited for it and I, I think it's I think it's fascinating and it's a reason we all do what we do is to be able to talk about this and speculate where they're going to go and all the different ways they're going to do it. You know, who saw that they were going to do, uh, uh, you know, Spider-Man Homecoming and, and and incorporate some of the Miles Morales stuff from that into yeah. this, right? Who, yeah. 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 Ned exactly. Ned, Ned looks familiar. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or or you, who, who saw what was coming here with, with even with Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse? This idea of all these different Spider-Man, this, like, it's such a crazy concept, and here it is working. Why? Because it was slowly teased out and it mm-hmm. wasn't all shown at once you know and that's really important I think it's great the way they're going about doing it without having any leaks without any kind of stuff and it, it keeps you as a fan uh, excited and wanting to know more and it keeps them watching us which is a good thing and wanting more of that content to find out what the speculation is and it forces fans also to get more knowledgeable about mm-hmm. these things so that when they walk through the door uh, of their local theater or open the, or you know start watching something on uh, the streaming or on the channels they can be like okay this is what I've read about it this one what are they going to do oh wow oh that's interesting the way they do it or they go backwards which is they watch it and they go what does all of this mean and then they go and look for it online and start getting and that's part of the joy of it it isn't just watching something it's exploring it beforehand or exploring it afterwards and then re-watching it again to see if you get what they were going for you know one of the greatest things about spider-verse is, is those easter eggs you yeah know? i've gone back three times and caught different ones every single time and that's fun as hell to do and you know i think that all also motivates those post-credit sequences as well on all these movies. The idea of like, oh, we're going to tease you a little bit. Oh, you can go back and start. Okay, who, what is that? What did that logo? How many people went to see Infinity War and were like, what does that logo yeah. mean? Yeah. And go, oh, oh, Captain Marvel. Let me go look at that. So, or the oh, opening the Comics Code Authority. How many yeah, people? Yeah, yeah. How many people right. walked out and looked up Comics Code Authority? And exactly. that's an amazing moment because the people in the audience that are comic fans all went, <gasps> and yeah. everyone else went, what? And that was <laughs> yeah. a really cool. Like you could see the different type of fan. Now, before we move on from 2019 and talk about Runaways, is there any? tin foil hat theory you have any crazy out of left field theory that you want to go back and watch this episode <laughs> at the end of the year I'd like this to be the moment you went I called it is there anything you think from any of the major releases like I'll, I'll lead off so I've got okay. Okay. In, my interdimensional theory for Endgame I truly think that Spider-Verse and the showing of interdimensional concepts being so accepted mm-hmm. I don't think that Avengers knew about Spider-Verse and they didn't share that stuff but a few people might have I think long game the dimension is different we live in phase four onward I do think they go through a different dimension. I think the Avengers that died as we know them stay dead. Mm -hmm. And I do think that Spider-Man and T'Challa and all those characters are not the T'Challa we know, not Spider-Man that we know going forward. I think, and my tinfoil hat theory is... In the movie, the reason Cap doesn't have a beard is that's a different Cap than we know. I think his sacrifice to Peggy is an all-new sacrifice. I think that Ronan might be a Ronan of another dimension, yeah. and that our Scarlet, I mean, um, uh, Black Widow is meeting that for the first time. Mm-hmm. I think a new dimension is introduced, and I think it's going to change the way the world is, and I think that's why we get Shang-Chi. I think we might get a Captain Britain. I think we go more worldwide than just Cali in New York in this new dimension in Phase 4. Tinfoil hat theory number one. My other one quickly is Spider-Man Far From Home they're definitely going to play the Big Brother Mysterio angle because yeah. of the stunt casting of Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. cast the guy that was almost Spider-Man in Spider-Man 2. He's very similar to Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to look up to him like a John Hughes movie, be the Big Brother. And I do think that it's going to be that bait and switch of hero to villain with Mysterio. And I think we're going to get a lot more screen time with Jake Gyllenhaal than people think because he's going to be throughout the movie and then switch it up. So those are my two. I want to look back on at the end of the year and mm-hmm. see if I was right. I cannot wait. 
Hmm. For me, I'm, I'm thinking because I'm thinking. So right now, the only one I could really think of that I could see really coming to flourish, and we're, we're probably going to talk about it in a little bit, is the Cloak and Dagger Runaways crossover that's mm. been te- like I feel like they've been laying the threads for a minute now from them putting uh, from them putting Runaways on Freeform. They put the first season on mm. Freeform, so yeah. it's like why would you put that on the same network as, as Cloak and Dagger? <laughs> and on, and then on top of that, there was like a Cloak and Dagger hashtag or a Cloak and Dagger X Runaways hashtag that they used to promote that. As well, and then they also laid a couple Easter eggs in this in in season one, and there was a couple Easter eggs in season two that we won't really talk about. So I'm getting kind of excited about it because I would love to see how, especially after this this current season that was introduced, I'd love to see what they would do with uh, showing Cloak and Dagger either coming on to Runaway Show or some of the cast from Runaways going on to Cloak and Dagger. I just that that just open up this world a lot more, and I would love to I love to see that because it's it's actually showing that these shows and that it is connected to a bigger world. It's not just like we it's it's, it's not just like it's all, all connected. It's you're actually going forth and showing that it's actually connected. So Love that's it. one of my flourishes that I hope comes to. Also, I'm hoping that Agent Shield, the Agent Shield <laughs> cast, gets some love in the movies. But I don't know about that. We'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Um, all right. So my crazy one is with Shazam, and because it's like the number one thing that I'm looking forward to. Uh, obviously, the side of Infinity Warrants and and uh, Star Wars, but uh, Shazam is quietly my thing I'm looking forward to because I have such a connection to that ca- character, and uh, I always think he got the short shrift of of being Earth's mightiest mortal. Yet he's like one of the most forgotten members of Justice League, <laughs> forgotten members of DC. So it drives me nuts. But this idea of Mark Strong as Doctor Savannah. Of what is going to happen with him, right? Is is he going? Because in the was it the new Fifty Two, he's like this big, strong, good-looking dude, and he wants to have his family saved. And in getting that ability to his family, he becomes the old kind of like yeah. thing like this. But remember, Doctor Savannah is connected to Black Adam, so. My tinfoil theory is that they introduced The Rock as Black Adam. At the end of Shazam, Savannah discovers the tomb, and there's The Rock in, like, form like this or whatever. Okay. As love Bla- that. As Black Adam. And that would be the thing that I would love to see uh, in, the f- in, in the film. If he doesn't form the Fearsome Five, at least that would be fun. That's a great plan. I, I love, love that idea. So send us on Twitter your tinfoil hat theories. I think it's a great time to do it. It's January. We want to see what the year looks like at the end, but it's fun to go back to the beginning and this is a good moment of we know nothing so we can look at this and this is all just hope so send us your theories hashtag collider heroes i'm very curious now something that's out right now something we can discuss having seen it is runaways season two now runaways season one was one of my favorite comic book shows hard stop i was impressed by the tone i was impressed by the world building i was most impressed that it steered away from brian k vaughn in a lot of ways that didn't piss me off Mm -hmm. i think that like this sacred text and they still made it work season two does that in new and exciting ways season two builds season two answers a lot of questions while also being more the pace i think a lot of people wanted from season one they listened to all the the naysayers and people that liked the show and built i think a perfect second season second season Hell I think yes. even better what what do you got this, from- this was one of my so i watched it in 2018 but we're considering it in 2019 show this is one of my favorite shows comic book shows especially of a season thus far especially from like you said they put they laid the groundwork in season one i know there were a couple plain complaints like oh it's a little bit too slow for me that this and that but what they did was just lay the groundwork especially what they especially with with what they did with the parents making them more empathetic making you really mm-hmm. feel for them and see where they're coming from so that really paid off in season two because it it literally from the, the first five minutes on it's non-stop action it's like it, it just keeps going and one thing i really appreciated about it is a, a lot of times in these marvel properties and, and just shows in general it, when they come to 13 or 14 episodes you get a couple episodes just scattered in there just to be filler episodes so they don't burn through the plot so quickly or yeah. get to the main storyline but this season literally it was like no there Ooh. were no filler episodes <laughs> like each it episode longer it could that's what i'm saying this could have been a, I, I wanted this season to be long could have been a 22 episode season it would have worked out just fine but this season is just each episode just picks up one after the other and they're all crucial to each other it's like you can't not watch one episode and and not i mean you can't yeah you can't watch one episode and i mean miss not one keep e- yeah, through. Yeah, and yeah. not keep powering through like you have to watch every episode and you will you, you just fall in love with these characters it's, it's ridiculous and, and i agree exactly with what you're saying because season one established that the parents weren't just the 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 black and white right. evil parents of the book and that wasn't on brian k vaughn he thought the book was getting canceled constantly so they wrote the characters as these are the kids the parents have to be this and i love that gave us two different runaways the show and the book are very different in good ways but because of season one making us love the parents so much it allowed season two that when things start happening that are pure evil you go i don't yeah, i no, like, like them why 
why do I feel so? You get that Walter White thing where you're torn because Heisenberg is suddenly Heisenberg and you love Walter White. So these characters, as they turn villainous, you really start to be affected by them in a very different way than the book because you're with them. Mm-hmm. Now, I also love that season two was able to move so many moving parts. There's almost four acts. Right, you yeah. almost have four different structures of villain versus hero. You have different action structure. And they also laid a bunch of Easter eggs that didn't think that would land if you're not a comic fan. Now, you did you know the Brian K. Vaughn work before? Just, just a tad bit. So okay. n- not like super hard, but I, I like read up. Right. Okay. I, read, I read up on it and, and did all that. But one thing I did notice was, like like you said, the MCU, like the MCU tie-ins. Yeah. That's not really a spoiler, but, like, they, they do it. They've, they've already mentioned on, online. It's there's like a shirt you're wearing that yeah, might. Yeah, there's, 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 <laughs> a, there's, a, there's a, a Wakanda reference where I thought it was just laid in there so subtly, so so casually. And it's just, like, that's that stuff like that was weaved throughout the season. It's just that's what we needed and because it just makes it, like I said again earlier, it makes it feel connected to this bigger world. And they don't have to, like, go all about it they just casual references like that throughout it i really appreciate it and one thing that they they touched on that you don't really see on a lot of comic book shows or shows in general is uh gert's mental health like they really i really respect how they approached that storyline and just showed that it wasn't just a a a one-off they carried it throughout her it was was essential to her story arc so just them carrying that storyline throughout it and showing the effects of her not having her medication and stuff like that it, it was handled really respectfully and you don't often see that a lot of times in comic book shows so i I thought that was cool. I also really like that it's a show that's very intentionally each each table in high school. You got the goth table, you got the yeah. jock table. That's very much this team. They're all very uh, strongly, not a cliche, but close to a cliche of that ilk. And they also show that kids don't always get along that are of different styles. And I really like that they made the jock loving the nerd work so well that it felt so authentic. Mm-hmm. And that there were also frustrations in that. They, they didn't shy away from the differences between people because people are inherently different. Like, we, there's no way we're all going to get along along because we're all not alike so i really like that even amongst the runaways and amongst the parents there was little that felt authentic yeah. it felt like they were building for drama i say yeah and i say i uh, i talked about this earlier or I, I say this like they did a good job of showing diversity and inclusion without even have to bring it up it just it, it just felt organic like that's that's how it's supposed to be representative of the world we live in in 2008 or 2019 now it's just all all organic like we we have a little latina girl like mm-hmm. being badass being best friends with your boy uh what's his name i mean greg greg yeah, yeah, yeah. With, with greg so it's just like d- just the the dynamic between all of these characters it really feels authentic and, and genuine like this cast is so is so good across the board and the fact that they hang out with each other outside of yeah. the show makes it even it, it makes it even feel more like a family and that's one thing that's really separates runaways from other shows is the the, the age range you have mm-hmm. like from from molly being a, a little kid to all the way to the oldest cast members are being adults like you never really see that on other Marvel properties, you get like most of the heroes are the main uh, main protagonist antagonists are around twenty mid twenty mid thirties, right. but they'll have they'll have minor characters around them that might divert in age, younger or older. But this cast is just like diverse across the board, which makes it even sp- more special, in my opinion. Well, and I also think that having a like you said fourteen to you know the the parents, yeah. there's that giant swath of cast, but it's also an eighteen member cast, which is really incredible. That there's eighteen complete leads of the show that we get enough time with that we don't feel like anyone gets short shifted right. like, we were all so impressed when Infinity War landed and all of our characters got enough time to shine but TV shows in their narrative function allow us to have that in long form there's not a single character and I love this cast I love the entire world that they build that I felt didn't get enough attention in season 2 and the show bible must have been insane I can't imagine juggling all of those things and making it work and I felt more for the parents in this season than I even did in season 1 and in season 1 I felt more for them than the book so it, it's actually one of those rare things that as a comic fan I feel transcends the medium of comics only in tv can this story that they told work and i like how different it was than the comic exactly and that and that's one i kind of touched on it earlier i keep saying that but with (laughs) like um with shows like that you never really see a show go from such a drastic change in tone from from one season to another without it feeling like a completely different show the last time i can remember that was agent shield but with this show it from season one like the end of season one going into season two 
feels feels different, but in a familiar way. If Absolutely. that makes sense, it's just like it just picks up and it, it doesn't look back. It's like all right, we set up the groundwork. We have our we have our characters. They're detailed. We're they're they're plotted out, and now we're just gonna just go and just run with it from there. Now we stayed very spoiler free on purpose. Yes. But what the way I felt about it was season one felt like an act one where you have to establish how much you love these characters, so that in season two, as the action picks up, you love them enough that when they do horrible things, you're like, I empathize. Now, what I love about this season was it had that one, act two, and act three with season three. The way season two left off, you're like, I want this comeuppance. I want this conclusion. You have all of this buildup, and it didn't feel like I was shorted. I didn't feel like they were teasing me. Exactly. I could not begin to imagine writing this show. I can't begin to act this show. I can't begin to imagine the minds that put this show together, but luckily, we can ask them. <laughs> Why, hello! <laughs> How are we guys? <laughs> so we have Brittany and Angel in the house. Yes. We have two of the mamas of the pride. Oh and I have, we've talked many times about the fact that this was the first show that I was identifying with the parents more than the kids. And I was like, oh, right. I guess I'm an adult now. I think so. This is where this feels like, oh, my back. I get the Wilders. Now, I really like that this show escalated in your villainy without sacrificing your integrity. And that is so hard to do. And I was wondering for my very first question, how you as actresses really kept the honesty of your love for your kids while doing actively villainous things. Ooh. Well, I think what it, that's what you just hit. I mean, that's exactly it. Is it comes down to the love of our children. Like if you can just focus on your motivations for what you're doing as just to protect your children and because you love them and you just want them home. And I'll, you can justify that. <laughs> we'll just do anything right? <laughs> to bring them home. Yeah. So. We didn't know how dark it would go. Now, you were, in my opinion, in this season, the first to go full supervillain. Like, <laughs> I, we're going to stay. Oh, the, come on. Yeah, no. with the water. I, but, and but, the, there was remorse shown very quickly Graciela. with her. Yeah, so we're going to stay, stay spoiler light for the first half of this interview, and then we're going to oh. kick it to full spoilers. Okay. So, now that, yeah, that's spoiler light still. So we'll, okay, okay, uh, we'll okay. put up, I'll wave like a crazy person, we'll go full spoilers. <laughs> yeah. But there's a moment in the first half of the season where you both are I think the first two to really go like well this we're going to kick it up a notch we're out of the, the stakes are too high for us to be maternal now you quickly are in a moment where you transition into remorse because of like the, the lineage of the character and all those things right. but you kind of stay cold <laughs> yeah, like and, and, you just and that's I, why I give you credit for the first to be like fully like oh no I'm a villain oh no 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 here we are let's just go full villain with this one was that a conscious choice in looking at the entire arc of the season or was that a conscious choice of you as an actress? Well, it's funny that you say that. We don't get the whole season. We don't, oh, wow. yeah. we don't know. So episode we, to episode. We get yeah. it episode to episode. So, you know, as soon as it drops, everyone's texting like, did you read this script? And so when I read that episode three, I was like, oh, okay, here we go. Here we go. And then we had a lot of conversations after that, Josh and Stephanie, and just why Catherine took it into her hands like that. So... It's 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 cool to play something that has such an arc to it, and there's still regret and remorse, but it's just covered up with that Catherine swag. Catherine yeah. gets it done. <laughs> covered, you know. She gets it done. When they walk into the room after our argument, it's like, oh no, we're back to to be in the Wilders. So. Well, that's the thing with the Wilders is there's a swag to it that covers up remorse, but you still know there's remorse, and that's what I really yeah. liked about season one. Yeah. You built up the characters so there can be remorse, but you guys strut more the more you do evil stuff, and I really <laughs> like that. Like, there's definitely like when you're walking, and this is not a spoiler. When you're walking into that hotel, there's a swag that isn't there when you're like, man, I have regrets. And that's a really fun yeah. character choice. And I feel like this season with the Minoros, we really got a chance to see that with you that we did in the first season, where we get an awesome moment with your hubby being a badass that we didn't yeah. have coming. And that was, a, that was a character choice. And you get to play effectively two different Tinas, which yeah. I really like. As the season evolves, you get to, to play. What was it like for you seeing those sides being like, oh, well, we had a big, on that, in the middle of the season, um, when we were all shooting those crazy night shoots downtown. Yeah, episode Quint seven. Episode, yeah. episode seven. Um, Quinton kind of just said, you know, I'm going to start pulling some people aside. There's some stuff that's going to be happening, and so I'm going to talk to some of you, but not all of you, and then, you know, talk to you, then, you know cool <laughs> and so i remember at one point he pulled me aside and, and that was the first time i knew that something was going to be happening with there'd be a tina 2.0 mm -hmm. essentially and um and and then i noticed that he pulled bridget aside and i was like oh okay well i guess bridget's another one of those um but then we didn't know anything else oh amazing. we didn't find out about um jonah we didn't know about brother like we didn't know about 
any oh, of wow. that until the episodes were given to us. And and so all he basically told us was a very general outline of what was happening and then said, you know, you, you as the episodes start coming out, there might be some things you have questions about and you'll be wondering if you're OG Tina or new version Tina and just ask and then you'll know how to play the scene and we're all kind of figuring it out and it was fun to watch it cut together because we did so many different versions yeah. of what these new beings were to be able to see it in the final cut was like oh that was a really playful take or, oh, <laughs> yeah. oh wow so you have so you did multiple yeah, versions, versions of your, your 2.0 oh, that's cool so, you, and I, you kind of touched on already with uh, episode 7 can you talk about shooting that that epic that, let's that, go full spoilers, yeah, spoilers. so I feel bad I've even kept you guys on it at all because I didn't want it just dropped right before Christmas I know the holidays are crazy right, yes. but it's hard to talk about this season without spoilers so full spoiler freedom yeah. episode 7 is yeah. where the game changed that was a yeah big... so it was it was huge it was night shoots it was it was tough as actors but we also it's very cool we're all together and we hadn't really worked with the kids in a while yeah, that, so, that's always fun so too. that's always fun but yeah. to know that what was really coming out of that hole and how large the scale of it was going to be and we could just tell i mean we, of course we don't see the special effects while <laughs> we're shooting it but we could tell just by the set and by the amount of cameras and the amount of crew that it was going to be really something special and so then just to see the to watch it later and to see the, the alien beings fly out on yeah. like, Mazda. I was like, oh, there they are, there they are, there they are, there they are. There they are. <laughs> yeah. And we still don't know who the fourth. Yeah. Marvel and Hulu don't know. Oh, that's amazing. I'm sure they know. Yeah. They're just not telling us. Well, no, they were saying... Yeah, Jeff Loeb's got a notebook. Like, right. Like, uh. <laughs> um, Quentin was saying that when I asked him, I said, who knows? And he said, uh, he said, honestly, we're on those calls every week with those notes, you know, the notes calls of Marvel and Hulu. And they're like, so who's, who's brother? Who do you, who do y'all think? Who do you oh, we all have our theories. We all have our theories. We all have our theories yeah. of who it is. I, 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 yeah. I think that Alex was driving that car really, really well. Uh-huh. Mm. Yeah. He, had, he, had, he was daring there. I don't know. I don't know. That would be cool. It'd be, I mean, yeah. it'd be cool. All of the actors can handle it. Oh, it's great. And yes. how fun was it, too, to watch that whole Zavin thing at the end when they all got, when she was shape-shifting and oh. she was able to take on, like... That was and, cool. That was dope. Right? Yeah. They all had so much fun playing that. Like, it was just... She'll be just, back, too, so... She's that, fantastic. And she's person, a fan. she's yeah. a new new actor, so to have such a big role and such a, and play it so well... She's great. So regal and, uh, you know, she's fantastic. So. And now that we're in spoilers, uh, <laughs> I think, now that I can ask the questions, my jiggly arms are in game. Uh, I really like that, as a giant fan of the comic, that there were things happening this season that were so far from the comic that I actively didn't know. Like, when Ryan got taken down, I thought he might have gone. Uh, Ryan was, thought that he was gone. Ryan I was know. like, um, Angel, have you got to the end of episode six? I think it's six or, yeah, episode six, because I'm just curious. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I want him saved, too. Yeah. Angel wants Ryan saved. So I can't even think of Catherine and Jeffrey. It was, it was crazy. At the end of this season, too, I think a lot of us were like, so... Are we all good? Are we? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm in jail. I don't know how long I I'm going to be stuck there. We could see. Catherine's going to figure yeah, it out. Gonna figure I, I'm pretty sure she's going to. Or she'll just have like this whole mob game running oh, in jail. Yeah. It'll be orange is the new black. On, you know, <laughs> maybe Tina will come and, and get There you. we go. There we go. Can Open you talk place. about that? Uh, the 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 fight scene between you and Nico mm. at the very end. That was that was awesome. That was fun. Have you seen it yet? Yeah. Okay, good. This one wasn't watching it. She's like, I need to watch well, it in was, order. And I'm like, you need to fast forward <laughs> to that scene because it's and so good. Well, because yeah. part of me was like, I need to fast forward to see certain things in the season. But then I was like, I need to watch it to get the whole like feel from it and just have it like revealed piece by piece. So I did it. And it was great. Um, I mean, it was awesome. Like, Lyrica and James are fantastic. You know, um, they're all black belts. Oh, wow. No. All three all black belts. Oh, yeah. that's amazing. All three of the yeah. actors. And James has a double black belt. He's a double black belt. Double black belt. Yeah. That's incredible. Uh-huh. Yeah. How to lead with that. Every interview. I know. Just like, <laughs> with the black belt. So, like, well, she, see, the thing is, she won't say it about herself. That's why I had to get it in <laughs> there. That's she, incredible. Um, yeah, all three of them. And so, can you imagine knowing that you have these beings and you can play with them? <laughs> it was, we've been waiting yeah. for that from, like, season one. Like, we knew... Um, that there was something all of us brought to the table. And we were just like, we, every episode would be like, so is this is our fight scene? Is there a fight scene? Are we going to do something? And um, our Matt Mullins, who's our amazing um, stunt choreographer, that day we had the bit we first met about the fight scene. We said, you know, so I have a rough idea of, you know, what I want to put together for you guys. Um, but, you know, let me just see, like, you know, what you guys had in mind or what you can do. And Lyrica busts out this one-handed front walkover. And Matt was just like, Cool. So, <laughs> or you let's could do, do that. that. Yeah. <laughs> Scrap what I did. Let's just, let's just do that. 
Um, she was a gymnast. Or? She's yeah. She's really? like hardcore rhythmic yeah. Olympic. Just like she's, she's like four nine, but a boss. Yeah. She, she I was shot, like lyric. She, she lyric had this like presence to her that I didn't expect. And then she walked in and she was like half the size <laughs> but twice the person. Well, there's that great line in the episode. She's like, "Am I really that small?" <laughs> right. <laughs> Avenue. Authentic. Authentic. Now, now the cast all has so. Many. Actually, you know, you had more spoiler questions. I want, I want you to know, oh. all, all of them uh. spoiler free. So I want to know. What oh. oh no, I, I was just going to ask oh. about at um, at the end. So you you kind of hinted at you were like saying, "Oh, there's a there's something else with the staff that I have." Uh-huh. Like I forgot to mention. So did they even talk to you guys about that? Or I can tell you what my hopes are. Okay. For it. Um, I because when I read that line, I seriously like just got chills like up and down my arms, and I went straight to to Quentin and John to Stephanie. I was like, "So, <laughs> are we gonna get what I think we're gonna get?" And they're like, mm, "We'll just have to see." Um, I mean, I I want to see more about the history of the staff and where it comes from. I want I I really hoping for more reveals that it's more it's not so much science that Tina was talking yeah. about that she was covering that to protect her and now she realizes that T- that Nico is ready well she has to hear the truth of it to protect her and to bring her daughter back and so I'm I'm hoping we get to let's see a lot more of that connection I am too yeah that right? that was that was epic especially that line but I'm I'm just hoping that they we get we get we get that line I mean we get that the future of that I, am I also want to do you think we could ever see a, a, a we were talking about this but a, uh-huh. a, like maybe we get some of the cloak and dagger kids on 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 the show with awesome. you guys that, we're uh, we're really hoping for that I know they're fantastic we're, we're really hoping for that and that makes sense I mean yeah. that pro- that, yeah. that makes a lot of sense happens yeah. in the comics and they are in fact runaways themselves so... plug plug maybe maybe I know now, I know I know when I did the set visit, everyone voted you the most different from your character. And as far as like each and every too. person I said, if anyone's the most different, it's Brittany. Now, I'm wondering for both of you, what was it like seeing characters that are either very similar or very different from you as you got to play two of them effectively, but uh-huh. as they got more evil, was there were there moments as you were reading the sides you were like, oh, let me assess what would it would take for me to push to that level, like just as an actor to find that moment. Uh-huh. Were there moments where you had to like, okay, I would have to be in this situation to do that. With those I things. think we look at it, as actors, we all probably look at it a little bit differently, but yeah. we do kind of put yourself into it a little bit and has yeah. to sort of be there in your brain and feel authentic. So, yeah, you just sort of go there and you're like, if I needed to kill this man, I would do it, you know? Um, so it's it's fun to play. It's um, really but, fun. But it's also very cool as us actors, even though we're all very different from our characters. Yeah. Not very different, but you're you're different. You're different. <laughs> I'm definitely more like Alien she's Tina. Than, she's, than you're than closer to, she's closer <laughs> to Alien Tina. Um, but, but it is cool when we're all in the scene together and all of a sudden, you know, we're talking and chatting and we're talking about our kids and our day and whatever's yeah. going on, and then we all snap into our characters and all are sort of so looking fun. at each other across the room in character. It's cool. And the camera picks up these looks and takes of things that we've been doing and it's cool that they use that um and the relationships too now after having done a full se- you know have, you know it's it's these characters interacting are so fun yeah like it's so fun to like look around and be, and be like oh dale yeah you know, or, <laughs> oh. Uh, like it's the, yeah it's yeah. really great and then also i want to go back and just talk about how wonderful it was to see because also watching the season for the first time mm-hmm. Catherine is just brutal like the yeah. whole first thing but then to see the end when that, when everything happens at the end, and, and it's just, and you see that it's all just crumbling down, it's just to crumbling. And yeah. What the cost is for everything? Like, yeah, we did that a lot. Of, we did that a lot of different ways as Ugh. well. When Catherine gets arrested, yeah, gets arrested, and there were takes that it was just fear. There were takes that it was just pain. Like it's all crumbling, and I can't believe all of this. And then obviously, just Catherine, like, you will not take me down. And yeah. so they sort of spliced it all together. It's interesting because I can tell the difference uh, in what takes they used and how they put it all together but um, but yeah it's it's cool I, I don't think that Catherine thought she would take it that far um, and right so, and you know you're like oh we're here now and then and, and and also knowing that this is crumbling and the gun is there and this is and Alex hate and just the look that uh, that Renzi was giving us his acting that in that scene he just had it from the jump he was all his whole season prepared him for this moment of taking his parents down you know Domino's bitch Washington <laughs> I, love I was that like part. oh my <gasps> you know my boy yeah and we were shooting downtown in Chinatown and it yeah. was just uh, the, all the streets the chase scenes were through the real streets I mean that's when you're just like I'm gonna Marvel show, <laughs> and this is awesome. And yeah, that was cool. You know, really driving these cars. Oh, we're not actually. Well, yeah, were you guys on like a 
They okay. call it a biscuit where uh, the car is being driven. Uh, the car is basically on top of another car, and that person is driving the car for real. So we really are moving um, through the streets, but it's almost like, what are those uh, motorcycles that has got a little sidecar? Yeah. Oh, it's like a yeah, little yeah, sidecar yeah, 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 yeah. of a stunt driver. But we're in the car, and we can't see him. So it really does That's feel... terrifying. Yeah, it's <laughs> terrifying. And they're weaving through. And there was one point that we were doing the whole thing. They lay it out with matchbox cars and things like that. And there was one point that the, the timing was off. I didn't know. I couldn't tell. And and he pulled up and he was like, the timing was half a second off our driver. And I was like, I trust you. Trust you with knowing the wow. timing of it because we were really were That's weaving so through the dangerous. streets. It was... I felt so safe. Well, no, you felt so safe, but, but I mean, like, the, when you talk about stunts and yes, all that stuff, yes. like, it really is just that millisecond. It was a millisecond, and he pulled up, and he's like, no, we're not going to go wow. down. And I'm like, okay, but we're weaving through. Now, I could talk about this show for an hour, and I intend to, <laughs> and this will definitely be something we want to talk about further, but my final question for both of you, you've got 18 actors on set, 18 lead actors, <laughs> and the number one through line, which I love, is you guys all love working with each other, but with the separation of the runaways and the parents this season, which was yeah. not as much of a thing season one, were there moments where you felt that pride for your kids watching the show since you hadn't seen a lot of that happen? Was there anything that surprised you, like a moment that you saw Nico do something that didn't quite read the same in the script that surprised oh. you? Was there a moment that, you know, Renzi did something? You're like, oh, that's a different, like, as, as actors watching your kids. Yes. Oh, yeah. that's a huge thing, right? Like, yeah. we've all kind of become kind of like oh, we, mater- we parental them, around them. Yeah. They're, they're, they're fantastic actors, so to see it all come together and to see what they've been working on. I mean, the quinceanera. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. I just, that when they were dancing and the joy and, and, and they're so like, you can see them sort of come together is, it's just really, really great. And, and, and the nuance that they have is I don't know. They're just brilliant. We're very lucky. We're very lucky. And we all know it. And I think that's what makes it so cool. That's when the fans are like, you guys look like you really are friends. And we're, we, we are. love each yeah. other. Yeah. We really are. And we all work very hard. We, we, yeah. all, we all work very hard and discuss it. And, it's and I think we're all kind of like nerding out about the whole thing still too right like yeah. it's still oh it's so cool <laughs> it's so cool and then to see them all you know to see these characters come to life and what everyone's bringing to it and also season two everyone's kind of like you know we've had a you know we had that first season to kind of figure it all out and kind of mm-hmm. settle into our characters a bit and now to see it all everyone's playing with it a lot more yeah. and then also you have these amazing sets now and like we know what we're doing too we know what the because we don't know the future they yeah. don't t- they don't tell us anything we oh. just sort of play it yeah which is which is great in itself we just sort of stay in the moment and move forward and we don't know where our characters are going to go and I think they're still figuring it out too but they are starting to know how to write for us and there's, yeah. there's so much like side eye that I give and these little comments <laughs> oh, you, got some, you got some serious I mean there's some eye. stuff with Bridget where it's just she's like can I say something crazy and I'm like yep pretty on brand for you <laughs> it's just funny that they would write that in there that and she, you know her oh my goodness that oh, Bridget's so good this season oh she's so great and the visual tells of the glasses yeah. your hair down versus your hair up I really like that there were moments where you could tell the actors got to play like you got a physical manifestation of <laughs> right. You're like, wee! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really cool to see that kind of freedom in a show that is so serious at times, but so action-packed at other times. Yeah, there were some really great, funny, like, I think that's what's great about our show, too. There were some great moments of, of that are just hilarious. There's times that I didn't know if it was Alien Tina or not. Like, when you were in the basement, uh-huh. when you were trapped, like, I was like, is, 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 is Alien Tina struggling with host Tina? Like, what's going yeah. on? You know, I'm fascinated by it, and so I can't imagine the fans watching it when they haven't had the script and had it all written. What, what's going on there? Why is she so Yeah, because we're all still watching it like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> It's really cool. It's cool. Well, I can say as a fan who knew the source material and had met you guys and yeah. had seen the world of the hostel, I was still shocked at what it was able to accomplish and the turns it took and the surprises it took and the levity, but the action, the drama. Yeah. It's a It's a perfect show. It is what superhero shows should be. Mm-hmm. It is about family. It is about experience. It is about being good to your fellow man while also making some choices. <laughs> but I really like that it got 13 episodes. They all dropped at once. And yeah. the fact that we could binge through it and now we're all hankering for season three actively yes. right now. Yes. We didn't have to wait every week because we're all impatient like season one. It is sort of weird that we had to kind of wait for each other to watch it and everyone's like, have you seen it yet? Right, have you seen it, it yet? And can we say that? And you know, it's hard, especially on social media. You don't want to spoil it, but certain fans are just like, well, how could you do that? <laughs> um, but it's it's cool. It's been really, really cool. I've seen them a million times because I'm that crazy person that watches them. It's over good. And over this and over this again. season is great. Season's great. It's well, so good. As time passes, we'll hopefully do this again where more spoilers can be yes. had. I was trying to keep it as light yeah, as possible. Yeah, a little because, bit. Because it was like 12 <laughs> days ago and I'm like knee deep in it. But thank you guys so much for talking about Runaways. Oh, it's on right now, every episode. Check out Runaways season yes. two. I can't wait for season three. <laughs> I, I think it's going to be uh, the, the thing that sets the new bar for what this family type show can be especially superhero family so thank you guys so much thank you thank you guys 
So we had an insane talk of Runaways Season 2. Things are absolutely insane in the show. It is a blast from beginning to end, and it is all the things you want from Runaways. But... In the news, we also had so many minor mutations break down, so we're going to run through those right now. The minor mutations of the week, and it's the last two weeks, effectively, because of the holidays. It is slow in the news because people want to take breaks, but we did have things occur. First up, you can read the entire Spider-Verse script online right now, which I want more studios to do more. I think it's a great idea. Check out the entire Spider-Verse script. It's amazing. We also found out more things about Dr. Zavanna, which is, I think I pronounced that, Dr. Zavanna, (laughs) from Shazam. I've only ever read it. I've never heard it. I'll find out when you guys do if I've said it wrong. We also have a Shazam trailer rumored to drop in January with Glass. It's going to be like the third week of January, we think, so that rumor is exciting because I love getting morsels of that movie and Glass would make sense for the tone. Disney Plus, we found out with an amazing quote from Kevin Feige, will be absolutely integral to the DC, I mean, the MCU to and the, the DCU. DCU. It'll be absolutely integral to the MCU and I'm fascinated to see those worlds come together. We've also got Avengers 4 is more anticipated than Star Wars Episode 9. The most anticipated movie of a Star Wars year is always Star Wars until this year. I am so hyped to talk about that. We've also got the Doom Patrol teaser has dropped. We also got a Gotham trailer that dropped over the holiday. And speaking of holidays, the Spidey Christmas album and single are here. Uh, and finally, the DC Universe dropped a channel trailer, the entire channel for 2019. So we got lots of trailers, lots of Christmas goodness, and I'm sorry to all those that hate me talking fast because that interview was fun. I didn't want it to end, so now i got to power through the news. What are you most excited about, John, for this uh the smattering. I was excited about these two lovely ladies who were just on They're here. Amazing. They were fantastic. That was so much fun. I mean, if you haven't watched season two, how can you not now watch season two of The Runways? <laughs> and, you know, so many great actors on this show and integral and great storylines as well. Two things jump out at me, and I can't believe I'm saying this. Uh, number one, Gotham. Gotham. I, I am not a fan of the show. I do not like this show. But that trailer, I was like, well, hell, if you're going to go out, you might as well go out guns blazing with everything. And so, to me, now, I'm excited to actually watch tomorrow night as we're recording this yeah. January 2nd. So I'm going to set the DVR. I'm going to give it five weeks. If I like it after five weeks, I'm going to keep going. But I like this idea that just about every every a villain or a character that you want to see in the Batman universe, sorry, I'm stuck on some chords here, will, will be there. And that excites me all around. I'm not. I don't know how I feel about Harley Quinn, but the it's good to see like uh, uh, Miranda Baccarin back in her situation, and we're getting Terry Hatcher. I don't know how much of Terry Hatcher's gonna be in this, but so much of this looks very, very interesting. And the storyline they put out between the Joker and Bruce Wayne excites me a lot. And that DC Universe trailer as well looks exciting as hell. Look, I was on the fence about whether I was gonna give my money to the DC Universe and Disney Plus both, and but it looks like. They're going to get my money. So, I mean, you know, uh, you know if, as long as I'm gainfully employed, they're going to get my money and, and go forward with that. So it was a good trailer to get you excited. You didn't need seven minutes, 50 seconds. That's 55 seconds, something like that. That's all you need to go, okay, they're going to be, we're in good hands. I'm still on the fence on the Kaylee Cuoco, Harley Quinn, but overall, I think it feels like a good thing overall. I agree with everything you just said. Yeah. I, I think that the DC Universe app is insane. Mm. Now that I've seen some more footage than just Titans, which I enjoyed, but now that I've seen more, it's hard to give your money monthly for one show now that i've got a taste of what's to come plus that doom patrol episode plus yeah. this trailer now it's like all right here you go and i also really think that that i'm really excited for the way the dc universe can go separate of the movies and mm-hmm. i think that trailer really illustrated that we have a new universe we can dive into yeah. and how much it'll be like the comics and how much long form is going to suit that mm-hmm. world and i think it's going to be great i also think cameron monaghan being finally the joker yeah. really sells me with the gotham trailers that's that's 100 with you there what uh what do you think about the- uh, the, one of the things that sticks out to me is them releasing the into the spider verse uh mm, script, yeah. script online i think that's 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 so dope especially if you're trying to become a, a screenwriter or director mm-hmm. or anything in this type of field you can see what masters full storytelling mm-hmm. looks like you can yeah. like from the, the exposition to the dialogue to how they wrote everything i think that's going to be crucial for a lot of a lot of people and i think uh, hope, hopefully sony or other movie other movie studios will follow suit and start releasing their scripts online legally because there's always scripts online dropping illegally but mm-hmm. them releasing officially will just open up a whole new way for people to start learning how to hone their craft more so that's one thing i'm really excited about especially if you're trying to be a, a storyteller 
well like me next Ryan Coogler <laughs> but um but the, the, but also the other thing that that sticks out to me is also the DC Universe trailer app because mm-hmm. I have been a big fan of Titans and and it seems like they're setting up the groundwork for spinoff shows like mm-hmm. I could definitely see a Hawk and Dove spinoff show on because they, they were already talks about it so I'm hoping that this that this leads to a Hawk and Dove spinoff show because they did have him at the beginning of the trailer too yeah. so I don't know I could be reaching with that but I, I, I'm excited to see all the the content that DC Universe is dropping because it really is a cool app I'm not even trying to give them like free promotion but um they like I, I use that app all the time like I, we're going to talk about it with the, the comic books I use a, that app now just to read all, like That's comic great. book because it's just it's right there at the, the, the touch of my hand so I'm really excited to see what DC Universe does with that and Disney being or the Disney Plus being essential to the MCU like I said that's the perfect way throw throw some of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. characters into oh that and then we'll be all good I'm oh every God. section guaranteed Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. plug from Dorian Parks I'm sorry <laughs> Dorian that's my favorite battle now on Twitter is Dorian on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Come I at me like the Poco and he's always like I'm off caps, 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 let caps. Me, all I'm saying is let me know when your favorite comic book show gets seven seasons that's all I'm saying Smallville got ten you're gonna tell me Smallville is that your favorite was a fantastic show? show huh I'm saying Smallville got ten seasons it wasn't a great show okay but Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is delivering quality content throughout since season one has been delivering quality content so so next week on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. promotions of Dorian Parks but I agree with your talk about yeah. Spider-Verse because I think the hero of Spider-Verse was art yes, I think that yeah. the success of art was what Spider-Verse was about like there was a love letter to Brooklyn by way of graffiti by way of these different styles of art and it was art reflecting life back to reflecting art so releasing the script is very uh, on brand for Spider-Verse like here make cool stuff this is how we made it here's step one be inspired and that movie's about being inspired and taking a leap so if you're an artist if you're a writer take a leap and that's what the movie's telling you to do and with the script available you can see how the big dogs do it I think it's very inspiring Mm -hmm. I love that point Uh, the quote about the uh, Disney Plus app is really interesting to me he said quote when we announced 10 movies and people asked well what about these other things the previous stance would be we only have a certain number of slots to make movies per year that's still true but we have another outlet that I think will be very unique and very special we're going to tell stories for the streaming service that we wouldn't be able to tell in a theatrical experience a longer form narrative that's what comics are Mm. it's about as long form a narrative as exists but also maintaining that theatrical experience which is our bread and butter and the lines around the block if you're lucky that has been the issue you can't have movies competing against themselves even with black panther three months later infinity war came out they were both in theaters at the same time Mm -hmm. you can't release more content there's only so many months in the year Mm -hmm. but with long form content with your netflix daredevil good god i want it back you can do things that are longer stories you can have 13 hour movies so these eight hour blocks of time you can tell stories that are totally different and i love that they're going to be intertwined with the mcu this is probably one of the most genre redefining quotes we've heard from Kevin Foggy. This is Iron Man level. This is going to change the game yeah. because we're going to be able to spend eight hours with Scarlet Witch. We're going to be able to see how that ties into her next theatrical experience because it's the same actor. So this is huge. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that came to my mind when he said that is uh, immediately Kamala Khan is one of the, I could, I, love I would love to see her oh, yeah. on like giving her a 13, instead of just giving her a movie every two years and and then we not see her again unless we it's a Avengers movie or something like that. Mm-hmm. Give her a show on the, on the Disney streaming service allow her to flesh out her story properly and then you can have her in the movies with captain marvel or something like that but i I would love to see something like that in the future now uh we gotta get to comic books but quickly uh we have also the spider-man song which you haven't listened to do that now that's my only plug for it go on youtube listen to (laughs) spider-man jingle bells it is the holly jolliest thing to happen this year but we also have comics this week what do we got the comic pull list. We have an Amy contribution, even though she couldn't be here today. You might recognize it. It'll be right in the middle there. Uh, our number one pull of the week is going to be the Man Without Fear number one. Spoiler alert, Daredevil's dead. We'll get into that in a minute. Champions number one is also out this week. A great jumping on point for a lot of characters, including Kamala Khan. Yo. We also have Wonder Woman number 61. Amy very, very much loves and pushed this book. So if you value Amy's opinion, check out Wonder Woman number 61. I'm excited for it. Also, a follow-up from four weeks ago, Archie number 701 I read 700 it was my very first ever Archie comic so I'm going to talk about 701 here and it was a week where oh Amy boy. wasn't here there so it I is. had full control over this pull list and the comic god smiled down upon me this week I'm not even kidding there is a Ben Riley omnibus how the hell did this slip by me how the hell did this slip by me I was like damn it he'll either see it or he won't <laughs> so our number 5 pull is a $150 Ben Riley book because power wow. uh, they 
put together all of the craziest Ben Riley stuff in one very, very inexpensive uh, omnibus that you can check out the incredible, insane catalog of what Ben Riley is. But out of these, what are you guys most excited about? I guess I'm looking forward to Champions number one. I guess if I had to pick one out of the uh, one of the out of the bunch, but right now I'm current, I've just been reading Aquaman, uh, Jeff Johns' run yeah. of Aquaman. Just ap- uh, since the movie has been inspired me, I went back and watched uh, uh, the Throne of Atlantis again. So I'm just all just reading all of Aquaman stuff right now on the the DC Universe app. <laughs> And we also have basically so much Twitter stuff from you guys in the last two weeks, but that interview was very important, so we mm-hmm. want to dive into it. Now, pick out any of these books. We want you guys to hear what books you're pulling this week, because I'm really excited. Briefly, I want to say The Man Without Fear is the best jumping on point for Daredevil we've had in a long time, because there's been a lot of really long runs. So if you like the Daredevil show, check out this book, because it's all of his supporting characters dealing with the death of Daredevil and the ramifications of the world building. So it's going to be very important when Daredevil inevitably comes back from the dead, that, because comics. Now, it has been... That's the one I was going to choose. Yeah. It looks it looks fantastic um, because anything to do with Daredevil, it's such a rich character. Yeah, there's not enough to explore. There's not you can't explore it enough. Is what I'm saying. There's so much. So this idea he's dead and how everyone reacts to him because he's such a focal point to all their lives. See how they react to it. You know, we saw when Death of Superman, all these other Supermen showed yeah. up. What are we? How are they going to react? Who's going to become the hero? Who's going to step in the man? Who's going to be overwhelmed by the death of Daredevil? I'm excited to see how this all plays out. So yeah, and we love the supporting characters so much because they're so fleshed out exactly. that we're actually interested in Foggy's perspective yeah. or Karen's perspective. Yep. And that's great world building. That's what comics can do in long form. It has been a very sweaty week. I hope you had a very sweaty holiday. Uh, We'll be back next week. We'll be able to cover more. We'll get to your Twitter questions. But until next week, stay sweaty. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa full synthetic motor oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. Stay little chico, pit bull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive. Brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game. So that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 